It's going to be a very somber week this week. And uh, it, it's going to be such a somber week. I'm not sure I can give everything its due. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> Uh, so, we're going to, there are a couple of stories, actually there are only two, and the first story is going to be, today is the 75th anniversary of the Freedom of Auschwitz, which basically ended the Holocaust in Germany in 1945. Um, as you may know, Six million Jews died. Over 12 million people were died over this. Auschwitz was not a death camp. Auschwitz was a work camp. But it might as well have been a death camp because they just killed everyone, dropped their bodies everywhere. Of course, when um, the Allies actually took over, uh, it was over. And they killed as many as they possibly could. Um... I'm not going to, I'm going to be a bad person for not paying enough attention to this. And if it wasn't for something that really did affect me directly, directly. And by the way, one of these days, maybe I'll talk about Germany and the Nazis and things like that. I've got kind of a history there, but I think it's just important to point it out that these people these people struggled and it was a terrible thing they were fantastic there was a, a memorial at Auschwitz today people were walking in a lot of them were wearing the same outfits that they were wearing when they were imprisoned it was really beautiful it was really somber and it's something we can't forget and we're forgetting. That's what's really scary. Today was going to be about socialism, fascism, communism, all the same thing. Hitler was a fascist, Stalin was a communist, and Mussolini was a, or I'm sorry, it was a fascist. Hitler was actually more of a socialist. He became a fascist, but we were going to talk a lot about this and we're going to. And I may bring this day up. I think it's very important that I sit and discuss this because I'm not giving this its due. But there's something that affected me locally. And I I can't lie, it's, it's really hard um, to deal with this. And okay, let's get right into it. On Sunday... Hey, and by the way, this is why people forget about Pearl Harbor. This is why people forget about the Civil War. Did you realize that the Civil War killed more Americans than any war? As time passes, people forget. And I think that's a really bad thing. And by the way, I wasn't born in 1940, 45, 38 to 45. I wasn't around. That doesn't mean it wasn't historical. 
But we need to stop forgetting about these things. And we need to talk about fascism, communism, and socialism. Because that's what's coming again. History's beginning to repeat itself. I think. Um, there are a couple people. Scott Adams doesn't think so. History doesn't quite repeat itself. I think history is repeating itself. I don't agree with him there. But, <coughs> excuse me, I do respect him. So I'm going to point this out. And we're going to have another podcast because, to be honest with you, we're going to have to talk about the impeachment crap later, but it's just not that interesting, and I'm not sure anyone cares. Well, I mean, some people do. I do. I'm listening to it. But it's not going to lead to anything. How about this? It's a waste of time. So let's get into something that really did affect me this week. And I'm probably going to have to cut this podcast and video cast off a couple of times because I've been thinking about it and I heard about it yesterday, Sunday. On Sunday about 10 a.m., a helicopter carrying Kobe Bryant, the Los Angeles Lakers great, his daughter Gianni or Gigi, and seven others ran into a dense fog in the North Los Angeles town of Calisburg. Calabasas. I used to live in Calabasas, so I, I know how it works. I know I used to run the trails up there, two to three thousand feet of elevation. It's a very hilly area. The others that were killed were John Antobelli, Carrie Antobelli, uh, the teenage Alyssa Antobelli, Christina Mauser. Sarah Chester, who was also a teenager, and the teenager, Peyton Chester, and you got to add on the pilot, Ara Sobayan. And I think it's important we add those people there, not because there seemed to be a real backlash that said, oh, well, Kobe died, and that no one cared about the other. No, that's not true. They all died. It was a terrible accident. And I think Kobe would be the first one who would tell you. So Kobe Bryant died in this accident along with his daughter Giovanni or Gianni or Gigi. I'm going to call her Gigi from now on. Um, I do not feel bad as bad for Kobe. I do feel bad for Kobe because I think this guy has done a lot and not just in basketball. He's done a lot in his personal life. His personal life that was considered, I'm going to turn a light here, his personal life that was considered real iffy in certain times. And he straightened himself out and he really showed himself. But I don't think that Kobe was the tragedy here. I think it was Gigi, Eliza, Sarah, and Peyton. And the reason I think that is these were 13 to 17-year-old kids. And they didn't live. And what was really terrible about it is that there are other people that have lost a daughter, 
that have lost a niece, lost a grandchild. And I think that's a tragedy because these kids didn't live. Kobe died, but I guarantee you Vanessa, Kobe's wife, is more broken up about the loss of Gigi than she is about Kobe. And that's not a negative on Kobe. That's a parent thing. As you all know, I've lost a kid. I know it's heartbreaking. But I cannot even conceive of losing your spouse. Even though I'm divorced from my ex-wife, I can't imagine losing a spouse and a kid at the same time. It's not even conceivable. And maybe we should talk about death one day. Maybe we should delve into this and stop making it about politics and just make this about a really, a really, a, a real learning experience. It is, I pray for Vanessa. I don't know her. I don't know Kobe. I never met them. Has nothing to do with this, but the pain is the same, and it doesn't make any difference. It's just a real tragedy. The response from the NBA, the players, the coaches, the fans has been plentiful, way more plentiful than I can keep up. Um, one of the most, one of the hardest hit were the Raptors and the Spurs. Uh, they actually were starting a game when the news came out that Kobe had died. So they decided, and a bunch of other teams that day on Sunday decided to do the same thing. They decided to trade 24-second violations. This is pretty awesome. Because the 24-second violations represented the number that Kobe Bryant wore on his second coming into the NBA. Listen and watch. Third, late in the third, early in the fourth, and uh, really helped them get back in the ball game. They have decided that whoever wins the tip, and in this case, Toronto, they are going to let the shot clock run out because of the number 24 to honor Kobe Bryant. Fitting. Appropriate. His Fred Van Vliet holding on to it. And the crowd recognizing what this means. Sean, how did these guys play? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, it'd be tough for me in this situation. We've been told the NBA is planning or has canceled some of the games this evening. And DeJounte Murray will do the same. The 24-second shot clock, of course, Kobe Bryant. Number 24. And the fans recognize that. Through chanting Kobe. And now the game will actually begin. Um, pretty awesome. I, it was pretty awesome. I know you can't 
if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see any of it. Go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You can see the whole thing. But it was awesome. These people just sat back and they were hugging each other. Both teams knew what they were going to do. They played the game. Um, I think it was hard because it was the first game since the actual discovery that he had passed away. A lot of those people, you know, Kobe didn't retire 47 years ago. He retired a few years ago. And a lot of these players played with him. And the coaches definitely worked with him. It was really, really awesome. Um, and like I said, there were a ton of people who spoke. Uh, I could have video left and right in this podcast, but I'm not going to do that because i got to keep it to a certain distance. But one of the things that really kept me was Doc Rivers. And Doc Rivers is the coach for the Clippers. He had played, he had coached against, he had dealt with Kobe for his entire career, basically. And his response when he found out, because he found out pretty much at this moment, really hard to listen to. And it's just, again, extremely sad. And it, it shows you how much Kobe had to do with these people. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, I just don't have a lot to say. I, uh, the news is just devastating to everybody uh, who knew him, known him a long time. And, uh, You know, he, he just, he, mean, he means a lot to me, obviously. Um, you know, he was such a great opponent, you know. Um, it's what you want in sports. Um, he had that, that DNA that, um, that very few athletes can ever have. You know, the, the Tiger Woods and the, the Michael Jordans, you know. Um, it's funny. I, uh, I was getting to know him more since he retired, you know, um, yeah, this is, this is a tough one. I don't, uh, I mean, we have to go play. Uh, I mean, the news is just so devastating for, for Vanessa and, and his, and his family. And, um, there's just so many people he touched, you know, um, and, you know, it's, it's looking at my young players and, and seeing how emotional, uh, they are. Um, they didn't even know him, you know, and uh, it just tells you how far his reach was. So, um, I mean, this is just shocking news for all of us. And sorry, I don't have a lot to say. Uh, I just can't uh, have to go talk to a team uh, before a game and tell them to play. Okay. <laughs> what was your last interaction with, with Kobe like? That was great. We. 
we were at a function um, about three or four weeks ago, and we sat and talked for probably 45 minutes. You know, we always like to to reminisce. Uh, we we would always laugh at our, our versions of our losses. You know, um, when we beat them in uh, 2008, he had his version, and when they beat us in 2010, I had my version, and, and we would laugh at how different uh, we looked at the games. You know. Uh, this is a great loss for the league, and I thought he had so much more left to do, you know, and he was starting to do it. Never seen him happier, you know. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I'm lucky that I was part. Um, you know, I was, I'm lucky that I, uh, you know, got to coach and compete you know, against him, and, you know, and I, I feel for so many people. I mean, it's, it's obviously his family, you know. I can't imagine. Uh, you know, Lou played with him. Ty Lou played with him. Cliff uh, coached with him. Um, Kawhi was very, very close with him, and so was Paul George. And, um, and he, he meant a lot of good for our league, and especially the competitive part of our league. So, um, you know. Sometimes things don't make sense, you know, and, and we, we, there's times you should feel, um, you know, just, just, you just feel sad, you know, and this is one of them, and, and you know, you have to get through it. Uh, we will, we all will. Uh, we all have to uh, be strong, um, you know, you know, we, we laughed and joked about the mama mentality, you know, um, we all, we're all going to need it right now you know and there's nobody i think everybody right now is, is a laker fan you know if you mean we're all lakers today um you feel for that community for Jeannie and, and everyone else um i think people think because you compete against people sometimes that you don't have a relationship with them and you don't like and it's probably the exact opposite um i think sometimes the more you compete the more respect you have uh for the opponent you know um I would say that's the way I felt uh, with Kobe. And so that's all. I, don't, I just don't have a lot to say. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For highlights and analysis, check out the ESPN app. And for live streaming and premium content, check out ESPN+. Other responses included, and there was far more. Um, Kobe will be inducted into the Hall of Fame immediately. He'll be inducted with um, a couple of other great players. A, the Lakers and Clippers game was po postponed tonight. I think that was great, especially since most of those players knew Kobe. Um, calls for changing the NBA insignia for the rest of the year have been called for. Well, something's going to happen. They're going to put either 8 or 24 or something on on their player. I, and I think that would be right. Uh, crowds gathered at the Staples Center putting wreaths, basketballs, jerseys, uh, flowers at his statue. Um, even though they were told to stay away because... Uh, the Grammys were occurring that night. 
Kobe's retired numbers at the Grammys, which normally would be, and he had two numbers. He had the eight and 24, okay, because he had two stints. He stayed with the Lakers the entire time, but he was thinking of retiring. He decided to change his number, and they took it. Um, during the Grammys, his numbers were lit, and they celebrated his uh, death at the Grammys, which I thought was absolutely great. And crowds gathered at the crash site because the crash site was viewable. You could see where the helicopter crashed. You could see everything. You could see smoldering ruins and people just showed up and watched. And there was some hope that maybe someone was alive in that whole thing. And the initial announcement was that there were five dead and there ended up being nine dead. And then you found out that it was Gigi's teammates and some of her parents and some of their parents. And it just made the whole thing worse. This was a well-liked guy in Los Angeles. And there was a lot of good reason why he was well-liked. So, I, I've talked to you in kind of a, a disassociative way so far. So, let me tell you why I actually gave a damn about Kobe. Because I did. I, I think this really affected me. When I found out, I found out at 11 o'clock he died. I was boarding a train. I found out he died. I got a Fox News alert. I found out he died. So why did I care? First thing, do you notice I knew that Vanessa was his wife? That's not because I knew him. I didn't know him. I didn't know her. But being a Los Angeles person, you, you're involved. There's no question. You're here. I knew his wife was Vanessa. I thought he had three kids. I didn't know he had four. But his life, starting at 18 in Los Angeles, was already in complete view. Um, I'm also from Los Angeles. I loved the Lakers all the way from the 70s. I lost my interest in basketball, but that was for other reasons. It had nothing to do with Kobe or anything like that. Uh, Kobe came in a trade from the Charlottesville Hornets. I don't know if they even exist anymore because I don't watch basketball anymore. And the Lakers traded Vlade Divac and a couple of draft picks for Kobe. Some 17-year-old kid who couldn't even sign his own contract. That's how bad it was. He was just a young kid. Divac, Vlad, was a big thing in Los Angeles until he actually lost Magic Johnson, who had to retire because he had HIV, and then in one game he started bleeding because someone scratched him. And everyone thought, oh, it's that easy to transfer HIV. Of course, Magic Johnson which was probably the worst thing in L.A. until Kobe died. Magic Johnson is still alive. He's had HIV for 30 years. He's doing okay. 
they figured out how to deal with it. Good. And he's made something of himself. Magic Johnson was another guy like Kobe, like Shaq, that L.A. knows not only how to pick great players, they know how to pick good people. They pick Shaq. They pick Kobe. They pick Magic. Now, when Kobe came into the league, he was this skinny guy. He had a great name, though. Um, he had a great afro. He was 18 years old. That was a problem. People were sitting back and saying, okay, he's too young to join the NBA. But when you watched him play in those first couple of years, and by the way, those first couple of years were brutal. There was something about the kid. He could move in ways that were, he could slither. Remember that. He could slither around defenses and score. When he jumped, he would hang in the air. There was no other guy who hung in the air besides Michael Jordan, which he was constantly compared to. There were guys who were jumping two to three times and Kobe would stay in the air. Now, some of the times he'd score when he did that. He'd slither around, he'd do these weird around-the-back shots, and he'd score, and they were amazing shots. Most of the time he missed. Here's the problem. He was also arrogant. He also thought his skills were fantastic. Uh, does that sound familiar? Yeah. That's Michael Jordan. And he would shoot up 20, 23 points, 23 shots a game, and he'd hit two, four, five. That's when the Lakers got smart under Jerry West and under uh, Mitch Kupchak. And they brought in Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, O'Neal set Kobe straight. Kobe didn't like this because he was an arrogant son of a bitch at the time. He really was. And I know I used the bitch word, but he was. And Kobe hated it. He hated it. But the Lakers started winning. Kobe was no longer the big guy, but he was a huge support character in Los Angeles. Shaq was the big guy. And the Lakers started to win and win and win. And then they won back to back to back championships from 2000 to 2002. Um, they were so freaking good. No one was surprised when they were in the first, first championships, including this guy. When they won their third championship, it was like, yay, okay. But here's the thing. People were excited. The people in L.A. were excited. We all had those stupid flags on our backseat windows hanging out, waiting for them to win. We had parties during the game. That's me and my ex-wife. Had parties. People would show up. A lot of drinking. But we had a great time. And that stuff happened. But things didn't get 
didn't go well. Shaq and Kobe still protested. Shaq was always the guy. Kobe was always a support character. That wasn't good. But the Lakers had to make a decision. It's Shaq or it's Kobe. And they decided, well, Shaq is in his 30s at the time. And they decided, we're going to take Kobe. And Shaq left the Lakers, went to Miami, where he met with another young kid named Dwayne Wade. And he won a championship with Dwayne Wade. And then things began to reverse. And I think this is why Kobe and Shaq got back together and they began to understand each other. Dwayne Wade was the guy in Miami. It wasn't Shaq. Shaq didn't even win the MVP. But Kobe ended up back on a kind of a Mickey Mouse team. And that's when the Lakers decided to make some trades and draft some people. In this case, they got Pau Gasol. They got Derek Fisher. They got Meta World Peace, who is Ron Artest, who is a complete jerk-off, who had to stop being a jerk-off. Shannon Brown and Lamar o Odom. And suddenly they became competitive. They won back-to-back -back championships from 2009 to 2010. And this time, it wasn't Shaq that was the leader. It was Kobe that was the leader. And even Shaq admitted, you know something, if I had stuck with Kobe, and he admitted this not this week. He admitted this a long time ago. If I had stuck, I would have won seven, eight championships. Um, Shaq and Kobe got back together. They started talking again. They both admitted their issues. And they moved on from it. And Shaq was one of the most broken up people in there. In his last game on the Lakers, he, he sucked at that point. The guy couldn't score. The Lakers, no, I'm sorry, he didn't suck. The Lakers sucked. He was recovering from a torn Achilles he had been injured the last three years, which is why he retired. A lot of people said that, looking back, they had said he should have stayed for a couple. He was done. He couldn't play to that level. His Achilles had already torn. He had suffered major pain. He already spent 20 years in the NBA. In his last game, he scored 61 points. And it was absolutely amazing. He scored 61 points on a team that was like in last place. They had no chance in the playoffs. There's no reason to do what he did. It was a phenomenal thing. And see, that's why Los Angeles loves Kobe and why the other teams who hated Kobe are mourning his death. Because he was a standout. He was a phenomenal human being. He had that competitive spirit. He had that predator spirit that players just don't have today. And that's why L.A. loved him. And that's why I missed him. And that's why I stopped watching basketball when he left. I couldn't embrace basketball today 
Because basketball today is all about what am I going to get? And Kobe, he stuck with the Lakers. Even Shaq, with all the crap everyone put up, he stuck with the Lakers. Magic Johnson stuck with the Lakers. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stuck with the Lakers, which is why I loved the um, basketball in the 70s. Here's something that's really bizarre. When he retired... When he retired, I stopped watching basketball. I just didn't care. Now the Lakers have lost nine games, maybe ten. I don't know. They're looking at a world championship this year. But I stopped watching. I just don't care. LeBron James and they, these guys, they pick people who they want to make their team better. I, I just don't care. I like a team that is together. Uh, and, and by the way, Kobe Bryant, watching him grow, he was like Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers couldn't throw a strike for his life for this first two years. He became the greatest pitcher in the world. And I hope Clayton Kershaw stays with the Dodgers, no matter how he ends up being. Because I think commitment to a team is important. And Kobe was committed to the team. Shaq wasn't. Though I love Shaq. I think Shaq is a great guy. Um, here's some irony. The day that Kobe retired, he took a helicopter home. He actually left the Staples Center on the helicopter. It was the same helicopter that crashed into the Calabasas Mountains. I didn't find that out till today. And if that doesn't give you goosebumps, I absolutely have no idea what will. I feel kind of like a jerk for sitting back and bringing up the helicopter thing because I said today, you know something, if he had just driven from Irvine to Calabasas, he would have been okay. Yeah, it's going to be like two and a half hours, whatever. And then there's traffic, which could be three and four. But one of the things he had actually said was the reason that he took a helicopter was because he wanted to spend more time with his daughters. And you know something? That kind of made sense. Kobe, on a Sunday, flew to Philadelphia so he could watch LeBron James pass him in the scoring, uh, in the scoring poll. So at the point, Kobe was with 35,000 points or whatever, was third. LeBron James passed him, pushing Kobe down to fourth. And I feel for LeBron because I feel for LeBron because it's kind of like that sucks. You pass him and the next day he's dead. Kobe sat back and said the reason was he took all of the helicopters and things like that was so that he could get from point A to point B in time to do what he needed to do. He flew. He went from Philadelphia, where the Lakers played, to Irvine, where his daughter played, and then flew from Irvine in that helicopter to Car Calabasas, 
where he was supposed to coach another girl's team. I'm such an ass. Maybe that's the jealousy portion because I made fun of it. I was like, why did, and I, I didn't, I, I, I made, I make fun of my son being gone. Same, it, the same thing. It's a, 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 how you deal with things. But when you hear this, it makes, just makes it so much more tragic on that whole thing. It, it's just very hard to deal with. Well, I mean, Here's the thing. The media decided to get very tacky with this, and you knew it was going to happen. I'm a Twitter guy, and I follow Twitter all the time. I'm not going to post anything, so you're not going to see anything up here. I'm not going to play the video. So there were two things that really bothered me. The second, There was one gal, I don't even know, who, I'm not even going to tell you her name. She was from the Washington Post, and she decided to remind us that he was under indictment for rape along in the beginning. Now, here's the thing with the story with the rape. The rape was always very questionable. And a lot of people believe that it was more likely he had an affair on Vanessa, his wife. And Kobe never made it out like he wasn't doing bad things. He was never convicted. He gave this, this freaking gal money and we don't know what happened this is the bad thing about the me too movement it's people like this from the washington people like this broad from the washington post they keep pointing this stuff up the guy was dead less than an hour and you gotta bring that up why it wasn't like michael jackson for christ's sake who was abusing dozens of little boys why was this brought up she was suspended from the Washington Post for that. Good. Should she be fired? No. Just suspend her for a while. I don't believe in cancel culture. And then, just to show you, it's not just the left, it's also the right. There was another gal from MSNBC. Again, I'm not going to include the video. I just don't care. Who supposedly made a comment about the N-word. She was talking and she flubbed and it sounded like the N-word. What, did she say the N-word? Well, not really. It did kind of sound like it, but it not really. I think she flubbed it. I think she got nervous. I think she was talking fast and she said the wrong thing. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm going to give this broad a little extra credit. She will be fired. I have no doubt she'll be fired. And I don't think she should be. Okay, you know, but here's the thing. Kobe was definitely flawed. There's no question. He was flawed guy. But he was a Catholic. He was caught. He had to repent. Accept it. You know, at the time, he only had one kid with Vanessa. And he begged Vanessa to stay with him, and she did. They had three more kids, and they were a family. He's a Catholic. He went to church the morning before he died. Is it possible you can repent? And you can sit back and say, okay, I made mistakes. Get over it. I think that the attacks 
are both by conservatives and Republicans. It's not just the left and the right attack. This MSNBC reporter, I think she just flubbed it. But the right attacked her. Kobe Bryant's dead and everyone's praising him. But the left attacked Kobe. Me too. Pound me too. I don't think this is a good thing. I think it's really bad. And here's the thing. This is going to be a reverent night. And I'm already running long. And you can drop it right now. You guys know where you can listen to my podcast. You guys know where you can watch the video. You guys know. And I encourage you to watch the video because I've got the complete videos. You guys know where you can find the links and the full videos. And I really had a hard time with this. But I just wanted this to be about Kobe. Because he did mean something to me. I, I was in love with him. I don't see him as a god. But it's an icon that's gone. And I had two videos I could play. Three minutes where Kobe scored 81 points in a game. They score, they show every point. Or his top 10 plays. And I decided to do his top 10 plays. If you want to see both, go to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you have a great night. And I hope you really, really, really enjoy the video and the sound. Look at the hustle of Lamar Odom. Off to Kobe Bryant. And Kobe with emphasis. Artest looking, gets it to Bryant. Bryant dribbling, has to put it up with the buzzer. Banks it in. <laughs> he banks in the three. And the Lakers win the game. And that is just greatness personified. Now Bryant again, out between the rings, guarded by Pippen. Kobe on the move, lobs for O'Neal, put it down! Kobe Bryant worked into the lane, and Shaq hammered it in with a right hand. Timeout, Portland. The Lakers, because of this man, Kobe Bryant, can take over. Oh, Posterizes Dwight Howard. Oh, boy. <laughs> he almost threw his elbow into the basket that time. Cannot buy a triple. Kobe Wheeling. What a play to Turioff. And the foul. And a chance to talk. What a delivery by Kobe Bryant. Rotation of Bryant. Buckle up for Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant just sucked the gravity out of the target center. What a play. The windmill slam. by Kobe Bryant. Behind the back. Oh! What did I just see? You just saw what Kobe does best, and that's bring people to their feet with a sensational play. Here we got a dribble drive, change of direction by Bryant. Slam dunk. Woo! You talk about elevation. Chick, he went up to the rafters before he decided to put somebody on a poster. They'd love to get it into Nash's hands, and they do. Well, oh, knocked away, stolen by Parker. Oh, here, it is. here comes George to Kobe Bryant. Bryant inside, it's good, it's good. Tie game. A one-point game. 
Walton can tip it. Bryant with the save. Oh, you got to get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang! Kobe Bryant has hit a shot at the buzzer! Four away from Elgin Baylor's Laker record. Yes! Well, there's 70. Everybody wants it to get into Kobe's hands. Kobe pump fake for two. Kobe stopped the Laker record. <laughs> 81-point game. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history.